1: Hey friends, Welcome to episode 343 of the My One, it's Hot time time my one Two Three podcast. For My One Two Three, three, two three, three Sense of a podcast, the on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Is, you know, Give me the the hell hell yeah. this, this year,
2: now, here's your host.
1: Is, the man is also a very long dear coming, personal friend dear of mine. does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Woo! I had a lot of great opportunities with wrestling and with interviews involved. With wrestling, I got to interview Mickey James. I got to enter, and these were all in person interviews. These wrestlers came to Southern Illinois, and uh, I was able to. Luckily, meet with them and, and chat with them. D'Lo Brown was here. I, I talked about him last week on the podcast, uh, The Confessions of an Indie Ring Announcer. Of course, associated with that was the uh, base brawl event with TNA Wrestling, and I got to manage Velvet Sky. Uh, that same summer, I got to interview Hacksaw Jim Duggan out at the ballpark. That was a really fun interview. And I also you know, had the good fortune of meeting Lex Luger and Nikita Koloff, and we talk about a lot of stuff, and they uh, they were in town, they were in El Dorado, Illinois, uh, at a church there, and uh, the church's name escapes me at the moment, but I can remember someone from the church, you know, this was back when I was still uh, working at WSIL-TV, someone at the church uh, knew that I was a wrestling fan, and they had contacted me and told me that... Uh, Lex Luger and Nikita Koloff were coming to town and wanted to know if I'd be interested um, in interviewing them. And, you know, I ended up not, I never wanted to cross the line with the TV station and use equipment and stuff uh, for my podcast. And I I wasn't sure if I would be able to use the interview uh, on TV versus just using it for, you know, because I wanted it for my own personal use for the, for the brand, because my one two three cents uh, YouTube channel was was in its infancy at that time. It was probably uh, six months old, maybe. And so, uh, I wanted to take that opportunity Be- between the Mickey James interview, the Hacksaw Jim Duggan interview, and now Lex Luger and Nikita Koloff. I mean, I really came out uh, swinging, and it was great opportunities. And so, I'm forever grateful for whomever that person was that called me and uh invited me over uh and I you know I I went in and talked to them before their uh sermon and before they spoke uh, to the congregation at the church it was a saturday night i remember uh, el is about an hour from my house so uh i drove over there did the interviews and then i i stayed and kind of sat in the back of the church uh and just listened and uh i've done that before with uh, when i met ted DiBiase many years ago um, but, you know, Lex and Nikita, I'd say I probably got uh, I, I, I didn't look at the time of the interviews because what I did is I ended up chopping them into three pieces and putting them on the YouTube channel. So th- you're going to hear the entire interview in its entirety uh, without the interruptions. But uh, I'm going to estimate it was about 20 minutes. And I can remember because I went with my iPhone and this was back, you know, 11 years or 10 years ago. So this was iPhone 3, I think. Um, It was my, I think it was still my first iPhone. I'm pretty sure, well, no, I'm not sure if that first iPhone I had did video. Uh, I, I don't know. Anyway, the point is, is I went with an iPhone. I didn't have a tripod. This was back, you know, when iPhones were still relatively new. They weren't as popular as they are today. Um and I didn't have a tripod for it, so I held my arms up that entire time, and I just remember thinking about halfway through that interview how much pain my arms were in, but how awesome the content that I was getting from them so uh they were very open, they were very you know we we spoke, and you know obviously there were there were some paths that I did not go down for obvious reasons, but um it was a great opportunity to hear from these two. And um we talk about the Hall of Fame in and part of, of the interview as well. Uh ten years later, and I am I'll be honest with you, I am shocked that Lex Luger isn't in. Um Nikita Koloff I, I think definitely deserves to be in, but I would have thought by now Lex Luger would be in the WWE Hall of Fame. I thought he would have actually gone in that year that I interviewed him because that was the year that WrestleMania was in Atlanta. And uh, it just kind of made sense to me uh, to have him uh, in the Hall of Fame. Now, Lex, you know, we've seen over the the years his his health has um, somewhat deteriorated. And he was uh, in great spirits. He was in great shape uh, when I met with him and, and talked with him. Um, he was not uh, in a wheelchair and, and he was... Um, you know, very open and honest, and 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 very you know willing to talk uh, and share his experiences, and 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 Nikita the same way. And these two, you know, I remember during the JCP days of of Jim Crockett Promotions and uh, the feuds that they had, and, and Nikita Koloff. Man, I'm listening to uh, uh, what happened when with Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson now, and they're looking back at 1986, and you know Nikita Koloff plays a huge role in, uh, in JCP in 1986. You know, he and Nikita uh, were, were to the point now in the podcast where we're getting into that best of seven series for the United States Championship. I think 86 really marked the year that Nikita uh, came out of that, you know, that tag team shell that he was in with Uncle Ivan Koloff and Crusher uh, Khrushchev who later became Demolition Smash, but, um, you know, Nikita, to me, I, he's one of those interesting cases where you wonder what would have happened had he stuck around, had he stayed, uh, I know he got married, had some, you know, his, his first wife passed away, and then he had some issues that kept him away for uh, a few years, and then he came back. I always wondered what would have happened had they that had Nikita gone to the WWF. I think that he would have been a monster heel for Hulk Hogan for, you know, especially in that time period and that era of, you know, Hulk Hogan, real American, Nikita Koloff and Hulk Hogan, I, I think could have potentially headlined a WrestleMania. Um, it could have definitely been, uh, you know, a, a big SummerSlam or or Royal Rumble, Survivor, you know, one of the big four, of course, back then, that's all we had. But I think, you know, 87, 88 had Nikita jumped ship after, uh, you know, his time with JCPI. I, I think that it could have been big business. And, you know, the same with Lex Luger. I think Lex Luger is one of those cases and people criticize his work rate or his promo ability. I always loved Lex Luger. I I I would actually say... Um, you know, he's one of those guys I thought should have had a longer stint as WCW heavyweight champion. You know, he obviously won it after Flair jumped ship and went to the WWF. I thought 1988 would have been a perfect time for him to win that championship. Um, you know, that year at the, I think it was the Great American Bash Uh, I really thought he was going to win it at at that year. Uh, They stopped the match for blood and all that kind of schmozzy ending with it. But, you know, Luger is one of those guys, I thought, too, when he came to the WWF, I really thought that he was going to do more and be more. I think they tried too hard, the WWF did, to recreate him as or repackage him as that Hulk Hogan-style character with the patriotism. Uh, I would have left him more as the narcissist, and maybe the narcissist was a little too over the top, but that heel, um, you know, self absorbed attitude to me is what made Lex Luger uh, the su- superstar that he was. I-, I liked his cocky heel persona versus the, you know, all American babyface. But uh, that all being said, uh, stick around. Uh, listen to the interview and uh, be sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast leave a review let me know what you think of my one two three cents what kinds of content you would like to hear on the show and I apologize uh, that this is another week of kind of a an archival situation Uh, next week I'm hoping that Chad and I are back with uh, movie mania Uh, should be uh, on board for that so uh, and then uh, of course Tyler and I if you saw his Facebook post uh, from over the weekend it, life's crazy right now you know he's got uh, career change going on he's got a lot going on on his plate uh, with his family and with uh, you know his his uh, line of work he's a teacher he's a coach um, he, he's a coaches his daughter's softball team as well so he's been extremely busy Uh, i've been busy as well so we've not been able to sync up and and do a podcast but uh we will definitely be sitting down and talking soon uh talking about stride pro wrestling and, and all the great things going on with stride and and uh and beyond so be sure to stick around uh for lex and nikita and thanks everyone for listening to the show For school, but you're not going to be saved by this bell. Established in 2016, Stride Pro Wrestling trainers have put their years of experience to help train the next generation of professional wrestlers. Nearly a dozen students have graduated and are now making a name for themselves, not only here at Stride Pro Wrestling, but beyond. Our athletes aren't locked into any long term contracts, so if you want to train, use your head and contact Stride Pro Wrestling today. It's training you'll flip for, so kick your future into high gear now. <laughs> what brings you here to our part of Southern Illinois?
2: Well, you know it's uh, quite interesting. Uh, got a phone call uh, from the pastor here at the church, and uh, just said, "Hey, would you be, yeah, would you be willing to come and and?" Uh, team up with Lex. Lex had been here about a year ago and and so they said would you be willing to come and and tag team if you will for Jesus as opposed to being in a squared circle and so really kind of my first venture into the southern Illinois area ministry wise and so I was just excited about the opportunity and said absolutely an open door invitation like that uh, I've learned to walk through so that's what's brought me here.
1: Let's talk about the ministry part of this uh, before we get into the wrestling part. What message do you hope to deliver when you when you deliver messages like this?
2: Uh, for myself, uh, really, the foundation of of Colwell for Christ Ministries is a, a soul-winning ministry. So by that, um, just leading people to the foot of the cross and, and to salvation, and perhaps they, they don't have a, a relationship or a life with the Lord, and uh, through hopefully through my testimony, but also through the preaching of the word, uh, it touches their heart. And it brings Him to the foot of the cross. And so regardless of what part of the world I, I travel into, that's really the foundation of, of who, uh, who I am and who God's called me to be is a soul winner. A soul winner. Proverbs talks about that. It says, He who wins souls is wise. And uh, I'm not, not sure how wise I am at this point, but I'm gaining wisdom. So uh, that's, who, that's who we are. That's who what, what brought you to this point in your life? I left wrestling, and certainly we can talk more about that, but I left wrestling in 1993 at an early age. Uh, what I call a, a BC before Christ uh, did not have did not grow up in the church so although I had the understanding that I'd say I say Jesus was more of a concept than he was a reality in my life uh, I would say I had a belief in God but no relationship with him and in 1993 really I was kind of pondering my future in addition to reflecting back on the things I would accomplished up to that point in my life and, and Quite honestly, I just realized something was missing, and uh, I was invited to a church service in October nineteen ninety three, and it was in that service uh, that the, I'd say the light came on, if you will. An invitation was given uh, to give my life to Jesus, and I found myself uh, at the altar and uh, bowed my knee to uh, really the to the real champion for the world, Jesus, and that 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 began me on a journey over the last seventeen plus years that has been absolutely really astounding. To say the least
1: I've read lots of stories similar to yours once guys get out of the ring they, they find Jesus is, is it possible to to be devoted to Christ while still in the in the, in the business it well the
2: way you you ask the question is it possible for them to
1: be devoted to Christ while wrestling
2: the, the answer is yes because uh, he says in his word that all things are possible through Christ and mm-hmm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me now the challenge is if they're not well grounded in their walk with Christ then it's very challenging to live a life as a follower of Christ and they've got to be held accountable they've got to be well discipled or there's a pretty high I'd say a pretty high ratio or pretty high um, chance that they will fall back into their old lifestyle so Yes, it's possible. Yes, it's incredibly difficult if they don't have that foundation and are held accountable by others.
1: And this is a question for both of you guys, and Lex, I'll, I'll get more in-depth with you as well. But it's okay, I'm, I'm <laughs> loving it. I, I would I, imagine, I it, you know, as, as kids look up to heroes and, and pick their role models, you know, it's easier to, to maybe follow the guys who may not necessarily follow the Lord. I'm, I'm assuming that you guys are, are here to kind of show that um, superhero, so to speak, it's cool to, to, to dig Jesus, so to speak, if, if that makes sense.
0: You just, you just summed it up. <laughs> exactly, we're here, too. Back by popular demand, gang. It's yeah, you were here before. last year. Yeah, we had a great time, and Toby and our friend Lisa here brings us in, and uh, they're wonderful people. We had a great time. We couldn't wait to come back.
1: And Lex, I ask kid. I'll ask you too. What brought you to this this point in your life?
0: Well, my similar uh, story to Nick's part is I, I didn't grow up a Christian home. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know God. And um, I also felt something missing, as so many people say. But um, unfortunately, those closest to me, my friends and family and, and people we love the most, I chased it as hard as you can chase it. Uh, through every path, almost known to man, through money and wealth, fame, fortune, glory, uh, partying, women, and in the end, uh, my life behind the scenes of wrestling from trying to chase life and true peace and happiness through that became a complete train wreck. Well documented. Uh, Ended up uh, letting down everyone the fans, my family, those closest to me—my wife, my children—ended up uh, uh, a totally broken person. And um, at that point, God put a person in my life uh, uh, that I met in jail uh, due to drug charges I was uh, serving time for. And uh, it was my time. I was—I uh, was at the point in my life when I was, Jesus, save me from myself. And uh, it was my time. And I'm very, very thankful because I've learned it's like. God's grace and mercy only, and uh, I'm uh, the people God's put in my life, like this man right here, who's a, who's a wonderful friend, a wonderful mentor, um, who's got me grounded, rooted, and discipled, and disciplined, and holds me accountable, um, and God's protected me from so many wonderful people since April 23rd of 2006, when I became a born-again believer, as Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. So, I mean, I can't even put into words all the wonderful things that have happened in my life since then.
1: We talked a minute ago, you mentioned that you are working with WWE on their wellness program. What message do you give to these young men and women who are, are getting into the business now? Well,
0: for us, um, WWE's working hard and expanding the umbrella of protection for the wellness program. They're getting more rather than just uh, trying to cure something. They're getting into real prevention, and a lot of it has to do with their health, their wellness, how they work out how they take care of their bodies um, how, what they eat what nutrition they put in there and many times that's an on-ramp into their personal event and also many times if they're around the kind of people um, that can give them also spiritual guidance as well' we're, we're working hard in developing a program with a with a chaplain that would uh, eventually travel with the guys and give them an outlet uh, so that we can a lot of times maybe circumvent and head off problems before they before they happen at itself is a as a drug overdose or a big crisis such as mine and we read about it in all the papers and uh, God's really put it upon my heart and Nick's and, uh, to, to go b- uh, give back to the industry any way we can, let like God use us we have a new organization called the World Wrestling Outreach that, that God's brought us into and that we really want to, it says what it is, we do fundraisers, we're going to schools on Fridays do a fundraising like wrestling events on Saturday nights with, with an altar call and going to the churches on Sunday sort of a Community weekend events that God's putting together, and uh, and we're very excited about that. But also have a have a hotline number to reach out, uh, outlet for the guys who are the current wrestlers now. to To got, we've been on the road, we we know the, the stresses and the temptations and the, all the things they deal with. So we're really trying to get an infrastructure. Where we all instead of being isolated, which the enemy loves to do get us isolated a lot of times, especially after you retire, um, to have, have a group where we're more networked together.
1: How are you uh, health-wise now? I know you've had some health struggles in the past.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, let's put it this way. For a guy who three years ago was told by the top neurologist in the world, Stanford, uh, the West Coast, and uh, in the uh, Shepherd Center, uh, spinal cord injury rehab center, I was told I was going to be paralyzed uh, from the neck down, and I had a zero to five percent chance of any movement ever again. I was need like, twenty four care to be fed, bathed, and clothed. And I uh, drove my pastor here, Steve Baskin. Who God used walking for the cross, and uh, I walked in here in the building today. So uh, am I the Lex of old with two hundred seventy five pounds of muscle? Well, I wasn't gonna stay that way anyways. But I said, God has streamlined and redefined me, and uh, He's I think now able to to. I'm thinking of a more open vessel. I've got a lot of that outside-in stuff, uh, the body stuff out of the way. I think uh, I think I'm much more useful. And I'm very thankful for the recovery I've had against against such a very bleak diagnosis and prognosis from all the experts. Tell they everything they, but they, but as we Nick and I know, they didn't consult with the master physician <laughs> on that prognosis at the time.
1: Got plenty of great memories from the Four Horsemen to your yeah. run with WWE as the Narcissist to the whole. All-American, slam her around the world, yeah. and also
0: yeah, the Horseman days were phenomenal. Um, uh, what an opportunity to come into professional wrestling and, and travel with that group, and and they were the most uh, revered yet hated group in wrestling. And I, I got put right in with them. What an opportunity! And uh, God, God was guiding my life back then, and you might didn't acknowledge Him. And uh, yes, definitely WWE and the. Uh, Narcissist and then Alex Express was outstanding, a real highlight. And then uh, for me, really, the late 70s with NWO and uh, the uh, ratings skyrocketed and buildings were sold out everywhere. And that was a, an incredible time, both wrestling against NWO and then we formed that WWE Wolfpack, uh, the Red and Black. That was Sting and myself and uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. And we just had a... Uh, A tremendous uh, response to that as well. Conan. So we had uh, had a great group there, and that was a real highlight for me as well.
1: Very good. And, Nikita, uh, you had some incredible runs in in, in NWA, WCW, uh, former U.S. champion, feuding, of course, with Lex, and uh, teaming with Dusty Rhodes. Your feud with Magnum TA really sticks out to me too, uh, watching that growing up. What what were some of your favorites or some of your highlights?
2: Yeah, and it it is – there are challenging it's challenging every time you get asked that question to pinpoint certain mm-hmm. certain matches or certain but but there are highlights. The the best of seven series, as you mentioned against Magnum, is often mentioned by a, probably a majority of the fans. Uh, the the switch from 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 bad to good, you know, and teaming up with the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and the Russian nightmare. The Russian nightmare, Nikita Kolov, Shetovita. And uh, you know, that switch was certainly a highlight. Uh, the first ever Great American Bash, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Thirteen months into the business, and I'm, I'm wrestling for the world heavyweight title with, against Nature Boy Ric Flair in front of 35,000 people. Of course, that has to be listed up there as a highlight as well. And 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 just so many wonderful memories. Uh, the Road Warriors, you know, the Legion of Doom, and uh, Ravishing Rick Flair, and just kind of go down the list. You know, of guys that I stepped in the ring with, guys who consider to be legends of wrestling to team up with Uncle Ivan uh, and be able to have some, some classic tag team matches with Uncle Ivan and, and just lots of wonderful memories in, in my career.
1: And let me ask you this, a lot of guys we've seen go into to WWE after wrestling for WCW or vice versa. Yes. You stayed though with, with WCW and WA and wrestled for the AWA for a while there too. Why, why did we never see you in the WWF?
0: Well, uh, we have now.
1: <laughs> he says, uh,
0: WrestleMania in the, the <laughs> Hall of Fame induction that last month.
2: Yeah, I got to I, back in I got to exp- experience my first WWE I event. Dra- I dragged <laughs> him
1: there. So you were at the Hall of Fame.
2: Well, no, no I was at the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. Yeah, yeah in the so crowd. The hall of he of Fame will be so and uh, and I was at my first ever Wrestlemania uh, event uh, this, this just this past year in Atlanta. Um, <laughs> but in answer to answer your question, the only reason really I was a loyalist to the NWA. Jim Crockett Promotions, Jim Crockett in, in particular uh, gave me my break into wrestling and, and some, some know the story, many don't. It's quite a fascinating story, a unique story on how I broke into wrestling and, and then even as unique as I broke in walking away from it. But all that to say um, the, so I felt a loyalty to the NWA, although I certainly could have leveraged that uh, for Like more. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him and many others. Yeah. I could have leveraged it to get, get more money from from, uh, from the NWA and or bail off to mm-hmm. the WWF at the time. The, the AWA was, I only did some things with them because uh, Vern Gagne actually did some partnership with Jim Crockett, and we did some co-events together, which is why I was uh, willing to do some events for Vern Gagne. Um, But I am, myself and Sting, to my knowledge, myself and Sting are in a very unique, rare category or group, and that we're the only two that have never worked for Vince McMahon. And so uh, that's kind of an interesting interesting category to be in. But uh, there were opportunities, but I guess the long and short of that story is I just felt a real loyalty to the NWA.
1: And both of you guys mentioned the Hall of Fame. I was I was in the uh, crowd that night too in Atlanta. Well, oh, you really yeah, to see us down I, there? yeah. My fr- I didn't see. I I expected to see you there, Lex, because there was, GDP. You. No, it was
2: great. Sitting next to DDP. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Cold is
1: name. is that a is that something you guys look forward to one day being inducted in? Is that something that a wrestler who kind of reaches that legendary status uh, strives for after after putting so much so many years in the ring? Um, I don't
0: know about. Uh, Nikita, but for me, um, it would just be a, a tremendous honor if someday I was inducted in the Hall of Fame. But um, really, uh, we're here to give the honor and glory to God now with our lives and serve others and, and be used open vessels for him to, to bring people to Christ and then know he's in our lives. So, I mean, but would that be an honor and, and something that, that we'd also help hopefully to use as a platform to continue in ministry? As well, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be wonderful,
2: definitely. Yeah, for myself, uh, I guess I could ditto what, what Lex said in that. It, it certainly would, would be an honor to be extended that invitation. Now, I've I've been honored to be in a couple a couple others. So, one in uh, in Iowa, in, in the uh, uh, there's a, a amateur uh, slash professional Hall of Fame in, in uh, Waterloo, Iowa, with uh, with some legendary guys there, and, and that in itself was quite an honor. Uh, and if, you know, if I get that, uh, that offer or that invitation uh, from the WWE, I like Lex, it, it would be an honor, but at the same time, I would just see it as a, just another opportunity really to, to give the honor to, to God and, and yeah. to use that platform really to continue to get the message out of our transformed lives or my transform lives. So, Spotlight on him. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Anything else you guys want to add tonight?
2: Well, I just, you know, for me, it's uh, because a lot of people will ask, you know, we're doing more and more and more stuff together, and and I hear more and more comments. We just came off a missions trip to Jamaica where we saw uh, 21,100 decisions for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's actual cards filled out, people saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. And uh, lots of comments. Uh, we did some health seminars on the, on the, on the uh, cruise ship itself. And then, of course, the ministry on the island, prisons, and, and a big crusade on the, on the island. And really, to, uh, to be able to tag team together and do what we're doing now uh, in ministry as opposed to entertaining people for a living in the ring it is so much more valuable and so much more rewarding than anything I could have ever fathomed or would have ever dreamed of 20 years ago. So it's incredible for me.
0: Yeah. And uh, that was a great tour. I got my jersey here, sold out. They even jersey down in Jamaica there, and uh, it is very, very rewarding. And um, as we talked, we first opened the interview up. For me personally, the uh, the peace I now have of of just trusting in Him and resting in Him to lead and guide my life instead of me thinking I knew how to how to direct and steer. It's it's much it's much more. Peaceful for me now to be have have God's God steering and me just just sitting in the back and, and being a passenger <laughs> and just do my very best each day to stay in the center of His will rather than try to make my plays my own path I used to think so uh, I'm very thankful for
2: that I, I got one other thing I want to add too mm-hmm. you know this guy was known in wrestling as the total package and I like to tell people now he's He's gone beyond the total package to the complete package now in having given his life to Christ. And really, we've kind of taken off on that whole moniker of the total package. And our heart's desire now, as God's teamed us up, is to see people physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, even financially healthy in all those areas of their life. And we feel that the Lord's given us a lot of education and... Uh, over the years Mm -hmm. and that we can now uh, assimilate that information and and, uh, disseminate that information to other people. That's exciting to be tied up with this guy. Stay tuned. See what God does with this. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.